Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Hi and welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. I'm joined by the talents of Matt Trumpets. Hey Matt. Hey Spanners, how are you doing? Thanks for filling in at the beginning there. My voice hasn't quite recovered from last week yet. Yes, I can hear it, but you're you're doing a yeoman's job there. Hang in. Well, this medicinal red wine should help smooth my throat over for the rest of the show. Yes, I prefer a medicinal whiskey myself, but I'm on board with the general concept. Awesome. So for those just finding us, we're an independent Formula One podcast. We are delighted to be featured on Downforce Radio, the nation's motorsport station, for as long as they have us. That's where me and Matt talk about batteries on e-radio show. Ooh, and we're going to talk about uh, silicon carbide, too, this time. I know what that is. I'll pretend. Uh, what else can we offer you? We're going to bring you race reviews before your Monday morning commute and this show is safe for work, uh, so I want my six-year-old son to be able to hear this without getting told off at school. Also, you can call in, you get the Skype app on your phone, and you can join us live. So, turn your phone on. Somewhere off in the distance is our familiar friend, producer, Tony Thunder Beast Barnard, back at the chat room helm. Hello, hello, how are you? Can you hear me? Actually can hear you fantastically. Well done, Tony. Yeah, I've got my face jammed right into the microphone. Can you see how big my face is? It makes for a good live stream. Uh, you're following people in the chat room there, Tony. Uh, thanks for marshalling that once again. Yes, sir. And we have the assistant technical director at motorsport.com, Matt Summerfield, Summers F1. Thanks for joining us, Matt. No problem. Hi, guys. I was determined to show you a, a more professional side of us this week, but we failed again, so thanks for holding on. That's all right. You've mostly been doing steering wheels this week, Matt. It would appear that all I seem to talk about is steering wheels at the moment. Well, I think it's one of those things where everyone else is finding it fascinating, even though you're taking the hit on perhaps not finding it that interesting anymore. <laughs> when you've looked at as many steering wheels as me, no, it isn't quite as interesting anymore. <laughs> and rounding off the panel is uh, the young pup from Formula Spy, Chris Stevens. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me on. Uh, let's see if your Formula One knowledge matches your Formula E expertise. What do you reckon? I think I'm up to the challenge. Okay, cool. What's the last thing you wrote? Uh, was uh, Today, it was the news about uh, Pirelli announcing their... Uh, tire choices for Silverstone. And when, what are they? Uh, they are the uh, soft, medium, and the hard. It'll be the second time in the year the hard compound has made an appearance this season. Oh, yeah, cool. So no room for the super softs at Silverstone. Afraid not. I mean, and no ultras yet, either. I want to see these purple ones. When are the purple ones coming out, Chris? Monaco. And then Canada. And then we'll have them for Austria as well. Okay, time for a quick auto-complete game. You thought you weren't going to get put on the spot until later on with the quiz, but oh no, 
I've put things into Google and I want you to shout out what you think came up on my autocomplete. Is Jensen Button married? How did you get that? Uh, uh, duh. <laughs> okay. Any my more? wife writes romance novels. <laughs> this is a pretty, pretty straight shot there, my friend. The next one was driving this year. Is Jensen Button driving this year? It's a good question. Somewhat anonymous on track. Is Kimi Raikkonen? Dead. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Top answer was, is Kimi Raikkonen injured? And is Kimi Raikkonen what? retiring? <laughs> uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Dead was just such an easy choice. I know, the internet's so good. Two more. Sorry, is, Vivian. Is Nico Rosberg... You won't believe the, the top answer that came up on mine, apart from married. German. It's close. Robot? Is Nico Rosberg related to Keke Rosberg is one of the top three <laughs> answers. Thanks, internet. Thank you, the internet. Uh, is Lowering Nico Rosberg a good driver? There's casual viewers who might not know that. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know. No, I, no, I think you, your mocking was correct. I think you pitched the correct level of mocking there to start with. And the last one, Will Lewis Hamilton win a race this year well that's quite close uh win with mercedes will lewis hamilton move to ferrari and will lewis hamilton be knighted seems unlikely at this juncture uh looks like we've got matt summerfield back so he's in last place with no points uh, so hopefully he'll make that up in the quiz later summers what happened to you i don't know technical difficulties that's ironic isn't it you're the tech guy you can't yeah. have technical difficulties technical difficulties are for tony who, I must have pressed something wrong on my steering wheel. He, he's the Hamilton of this podcast. Okay, nobody Everything's talk, fine until we start, and then it all goes wrong. And nobody talk about Tony's tech fault where he just had the volume on his mic turned all the way down. Yeah, but it was just turned down, but then, by the, then I faffed around with computer stuff, and then I couldn't get it back again. Oh, no, disaster. Shall I save you with a bit of news? Yes. Big Dirty News. The news is brought to you by Team Venture Racing, currently racing in the MSVR Toyo Tires production BMW Championship with their 1989 E30. Follow their season on Twitter at Team Venture Race or search Team Venture Racing on Facebook. Uh, these are just ordinary guys who have bought themselves um, a 1989 BMW and they go out on race day. And guess what, guys? They are going to have... Missed Apex F1 podcast written on their car from June uh, for the rest of the season. How about that? that pictures. Impressive. I want pictures. Yeah, that pictures will incredible. be coming. I think we've got more than pictures, lads. I think we've got an invite to go and watch them race as well. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, more on them a bit later. We're going to have him on to talk about what it's like for guys like us to sort of go out and do club racing because it's very much, you know, on our level, things we could achieve. Uh, so obviously the big news, I was trying to think of what news to have, but... I was just all maxed out in my head and I couldn't, I couldn't. Ha ha, ha ha, <laughs> ha ha, ha ha, ha. Unbelievable. Mid-season swap. Kvyat did a thing that was bad, Matt. He did a thing that was bad and he went to timeout. He was a naughty, naughty boy and he got sent to his room without his device. It was tragic. <laughs> Yes. Except for he wasn't really that naughty, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he on the podium not too long ago? Yeah, like one race ago. Uh, and certainly Jensen Button tweeted out and said, of course, some people have got short memories, uh, but have they really got short memories? I don't think anyone's stupid enough to have like gone, oh yeah, he had a podium. So, I mean, the first thing is, you know, did he deserve it? Does he deserve it after one race, Chris? Absolutely not. I've... I've made my opinion on this quite clear on social media and it has um definitely divided um fans but um no absolutely he should still be in that red bull because i uh, a you know the the podium in china was brilliant and and i think that he got um battered in russia frankly the first contact yeah given that was his fault but the second contact i think he you know he was boxed in Vettel backed out of turn three because he had a puncture. Not a lot he could have done, really. Well, but it's true. But it's interesting if you're talking about how Red Bull is doing this year as a car 
to see the speed that they're still carrying through those sorts of turns. I mean, they look to be absolutely on a level with Ferrari in, in those sorts of um, in those sorts of corners. Yeah, I'd say that um, it's it's a, it's a typical Adrian Newey uh, car, isn't it? It's still mighty, mighty strong in uh, particularly high speed corners. I mean, have you seen the rake? On, on that car, it's uh, it's signature Red Bull, isn't it? Um, that said, I, I still I do think yeah, Red Bull may be the third fastest team at the moment. See, the issue though is, was was he keeping up with Daniel Ricciardo apart from that one race? Because people have been saying he's qualifying generally slower. Didn't he get actually out qualified by Verstappen at one point as well? Well, he had those first the the first two qualifying sessions of the year were a bit dodgy because he was 15th in Australia and 15th in Bahrain. I would probably put that down to the qualifying format because obviously we had the elimination qualifying then and um, all of a sudden we go back to the old system and people who have speed are allowed to show that speed. And um, that showed with, you know, a better qualifying in, uh, in China and then Russia as well. So I, I'd say that, you know, after... After that, he really began to to find his uh, to find his speed again. Summers, do you agree with me? I don't think he was on pace. Um, I think the thing that people might have missed is that Ricardo was actually only a few seconds behind um, Kvyat at China, but didn't he fall way down the grid? So I'm not convinced that that performance in China was perhaps the performance of the season, but. I still, it is harsh. I don't believe that he should have been booted out of Red Bull so early into the season, but I'm not sure he's perhaps on Ricardo's level anyway. The thing you've got to remember about that race in China, though, was the um, the, the there was the safety car as well, which brought the likes of uh, Hamilton and Bracken and Ricardo, who did have those problems early on in the race, sort of back into the pack. And it's 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 weird, you know, how how much um, when that happens, how much you can recover. Just look at what. Uh, Mark Webber did in 2011. He started in 18th and was only a few seconds off of Vettel by the end of the race. He managed to get himself up to third. So I, I, I'm not really seeing that as uh, as a sort of a viable reason for him to be um, booted out of Red Bull because I do think he is on Ricardo's pace. I mean, you just look at some of the qualifying sessions between the two of them last year where they were split by just nothing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think if I had to give a nod to anyone, I'd give it to Ricardo right now. But I think for me, at least, he has done nothing so poor that he deserves demotion. But let's face it, the move wasn't really about his driving anyway, was it, <gasps> Summers? No, I think it's more to do with the scenario that kind of surrounds Verstappen and his future within Formula One um, and, and more more or less who was chasing him. And what could Red Bull do to stop those teams taking taking him off their hands? Okay, so uh, Max Verstappen had a contract with TR until Toro Rosso until the end of next year. Is that right? The end of 2017? Yes. So, I mean, surely they still had until the summer, didn't they, to start making decisions like this? It can't surely be purely based on stopping him being poached. Yeah, but I think it was more about like locking him in now. You know, they'll have signed another new contract with Red Bull, which is going to lock him into a few seasons down the road. So I think it was more of a case of let's stave off the opposition, but also Verstappen's probably on terms with Kvyat in terms of pace, so let's just give him the promotion. And perhaps in 2017, when the car, Red Bull are going to make a a bit of a comeback in terms of the amount of downforce that they're able to throw on the car, um, perhaps, you know, that... They're, they're anticipating Verstappen might might be up there and challenging for the wins. Yeah, so the thing is, though, they haven't built it like that. They haven't said, no, Verstappen's so good, we've got to shove him into the first team. It's been billed as, oh, Danny, he, he's done this terrible thing. We're going to give him some time to chill at Toro Rosso. Still love him. It's not. We're not getting rid of him. No one even think about the end of the season when we will inevitably bin him. Uh They've built it as all about being Danny Kvyat and Verstappen stepping in to kind of fill that breach. So, you know, they've definitely they've they've seen an opportunity coming. Do you think? And they've gone and they've just they've taken the chance to. to is this like a media 
acceptable way for them to just bring Max in? I think so, yeah. But you've also got to remember where is where was Russia this year on the calendar compared to the previous seasons. I'm not quite so sure that Kvyat might have had the t- the um, Red Bull drive come the start of the season had the Russian Grand Prix been later in the year like it was in previous seasons. God, what a web! What a political web! What do the what do the chat room make of the web there, Tony? Web, oh, it's very webby indeed over here in the chat room. Uh, Hang on, wait a minute, I've got to stop you. You sound like like uh, Ernie Pie in the sky. <laughs> That's I'm what he- I was going for and you oh. ruined it. Oh no, sorry. You the floor. Come, come back again, come on. Okay, okay. Uh, now we're over to Tony in the chat room. Oh yes, the uh, political web is spinning indeed over here. We've got AP18 who's not surprised about Kvyat going. Very poor this season and Red Bull know that his race pace isn't there. Yeah, yeah. By a Chris- few seconds in China, despite Ricardo's tyre failure. Chris shaking his head there, but he can shut up. It's not his turn. Anything else in the chat? Yeah, he goes on to say the switch locks down Max for the future. Great decision. Fiat should have been given another year at Toro Rosso, promoted too early. Back over to you. Matt. Yeah, well, I was interesting to hear uh, someone else say what I had kind of been thinking, which is I think I think Fiat might have already known he was on the way out. And it was just the Russian Grand Prix that kept him up there as as long as he was. But more to the point, now we're hearing rumors that there might be an all Russian team coming into the sport. Ooh. So that's that's kind of funny that it would work out that they would wind <laughs> up getting an extra team for for treating him so badly. But you were talking about how they were pitching it as Kvyat needing time to sort of get his driving game back together. Never forget, Red Bull is a master of PR and marketing. And the reason they put that story out is what they really don't want us talking about is the mess that is Toro Rosso. Yeah, the we've been hearing some really troubling things in Toro Rosso. The garage basically at war. Go on, Matt, you, you fill us in on that. Yeah, well, what's happened is subsequent to Verstappen being promoted, his race engineer at Toro Rosso, who you would might expect to either to go with him or to stay there, has actually, quote unquote, left, although it's been pitched as being fired in other places. And it's been emerging that although we've all been focused on the uh, the war between Rosberg and Hamilton and Mercedes, which is actually, you know, looks like, frankly, a badminton game <laughs> in the late afternoon, relatively speaking, has been an absolute bloodbath between the two parties. And this may have been behind a lot of the bad behavior as each side of the garage tried to get onto terms with getting their driver preferential treatment from Franz Toast. And so not only is his race engineer Chevy Puol are gone but also his data engineer looks likely to leave the fold as well and you know you know John Booth formerly of Manor has been brought on as as director of race performance or whatever this is the ex-manor guy yeah the ex-manor guy actually I think perhaps the title they're really going to give him is adult in the room (laughs) because it looks like toast may be actual toast given his handling of the situation. And Marco even commented that this one move let them, quote-unquote, deal with several problems at once. So, so I think... You know, they've dealt with that warring within the thing then. So is John Booth out, out on a limb now that that problem's gone away, or do you see him coming in as team principal? I see Toast having lost all authority in the garage. And and if anybody's out, it might be him. This It's like the ultimate, like, touchline soccer dads, isn't it? Like, from hell, you've got the two guys on there, like, giving it... My question to you guys, because I'm not as up-to-date with the politics as all you guys are, what kind of power does Josh Verstappen seem to wield around the paddock? Because he seems to be extremely influential, and they've created this sort of media juggernaut around young Max. Like, is he extremely wealthy? Is he an oil tycoon? Or is it just because he's got that many friends from being an F1? If anyone knows, that would be awesome. Summers, I can (laughs) see a blue box in your square. Yeah, I I think it's more like racing pedigree at the end of the day. Look at who Yoss has been involved in F1 for for decades. He's also, the the, the whole of their family is a racing family. So it's not about what you know, but who you know sometimes. And I think that's kind of where the Verstappens are a plane at at the moment because they just they just seem tapped into everything and the media frenzy I, I can't quite justify it in my head either i've really missed something or i i reckon we should have 
a reality TV show like the Kardashians. Let's have the Verstappens. <laughs> it would just be, you'd have to beep out quite a lot from Max though. That's the only problem. It would just all be beeps. Uh, yeah. So, well, what's my, I've lost my flow, Matt. You say things now. I shall say things. And I will say the other thing that really strikes me about this move is that there's only, it really works out very poorly for Ricardo, for Sainz, and for Kvyat which is pretty impressive if you think about it because <laughs> it, it, it could, it could, if Ricardo beats Verstappen, he's expected to do that. If Verstappen does well against him, it makes him look bad. Kvyat versus Sainz, nobody wins that battle. Kvyat, cause he's already been kicked off the big team. So if he beats Sainz, he should have been beating him. If Sainz beats him, that's bad. But if Sainz beats him, he's already been kicked off the big team and Verstappen already looks better. So that doesn't really prove anything either. So, the only person who could possibly win in this scenario would be Verstappen. And I think that's that's pretty impressive, to be honest. I've got something from the chat room here, guys. APA Ian said it's a weird situation with Verstappen. If he does well against Ricardo, he could do he could go on to have multiple world champions by the time he's twenty five. If he goes wrong, his career could be over before he's twenty one. Now, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because if he beats Ricardo, I think just about everyone now thinks that Ricardo is a real quick guy. So if Verstappen does well against Ricardo, his stock goes through the roof, doesn't it? And yeah, he could be well on the way. What was the other point, T? Uh, a little bit earlier, uh, Content Crustacean says he thinks there's pressure from the Verstappen camp, perhaps feelers from the other teams. Yeah, so really, I mean, Josh has done a good job as acting as Max's agent, hasn't he? And, and played it off and said, oh, Mercedes are coming. Uh, Ferrari are coming in. Do we think that's true, Matt? Do you reckon the other teams are coming in for him? Yeah, well, remember, Red Bull jumped on him early before he was really, a lot of people thought he was ready to be in the sport because Mercedes were getting ready to sign him up for their junior driver program. And the only way Red Bull got him was they said, oh, well, you can come drive for us right now. Okay. Uh, Oh, right. So they offered him the race seat there and now without having to muck about driving for Mana for a couple of years. Uh, you you, go. Yeah, you can do this. Okay, Summers, what have I missed? Is this lad as good as the media has exploded? And how is he going to do against Ricardo? Uh, in my opinion, I think he is as good as they the say that he is. He's kind of one of those once-in-a-lifetime type of drivers. Um, All right then, Summers, what what have I missed? What am I not seeing? What what do you see in him? What, what do I see in him? Yeah. Um, just potential. Massive, massive potential. Um You've got to remember how young he is. I mean, you know, the, at the end of the day, he's going to break records irrespective now because of his age. Because if he starts to break those records now, they'll never be achieved again because of the changes to the the, um, regulations. the regulations. So, oh. you know, if he does start to, if he does make a massive impact, then there will he will never be eclipsed. Okay, then quick, go on there, Matt. Quickly, I just want yeah, to... I was going to say that the thing about Verstappen is emotionally, maturity wise, you can have some questions and those would be valid questions. And he has not helped himself out this year with his behavior. Driving wise, when he's on it, his overtakes, the only other person I see overtake cars like that is Lewis Hamilton. And it's, and it's that same thing. He has that ability to do it without having to think about it and to overtake people where normally overtakes don't happen. Right. Which is why sometimes I think he gets into crashes more often, as does Hamilton, than yeah. other people. Because the drivers don't expect them to be in that spot, even though they have the speed to get there. Yes, and that led to him crashing into uh, Massa on 74 occasions in 2011. Was oh, and Kobayashi. And oh, man, it was just such a delightfully weird year for him. Chris, uh, who's going to win out of the two Red Bull drivers over the course of the rest of this season? Ricardo or, or Verstappen? Chris? Oh, sorry. Uh, it's 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 going to be Ricardo. Uh, sorry, I didn't know that was aimed at me. It's going to be Ricardo because he's he's established in the team, and Verstappen's got a fair bit to learn. I think. Yeah, I I agree. I think it is going to be Ricardo this year. Here's a quick question to anyone who knows though. Now they've changed the rules that you have to be 18 to get a super license. If Kvyat ends up going at the end of the season. Do they have the young drivers to come in and fill that Toro Rosso spot? Because I think all of the guys coming through won't be old enough. Haven't they got Gasly? Gasly, there we go. So that's and Lynn. The... Yeah. 
shows I, what I know. Any last words on this whole Toro Rosso uh, Red Bull switcheroo? I think it's a big risk. But I'm all for it. It's exciting, I, I isn't it? I don't think yeah. Verstappen's ready for it. I don't think he's ready for it, but I, I, I would love to be proven wrong. Uh, that'll be the entertainment for us, though, won't it? Whether or not it's his expense. And the thing is, in F1, how long, how often does it happen we have to wait for a long time to have these questions answered? And this is something that people, everyone's been asking. How would Verstappen do at a top team? And it's just been answered. It's been put on a plate. In a week's time, we're going to know how he looks in a top team. Moving on, then. Missed Apex. Missed Apex podcast does have a Patreon page, and this week we've had an amazingly generous pledge by Charlie Brisker, uh, who's been quite active on all our forums. Uh, an amazingly generous pledge, uh, not a level that I was expecting people to come in on. So, uh, Charlie Brisker, you are an absolute legend, and uh, you are going to come on actually in a couple of weeks' time and talk about um, some club racing with us. So, to me, Matt, that's actually the hosting covered for podcasting this month and you should have seen my wife's reaction you should have seen her eyes change when i told her about it yeah it's always stupendous when they realize you can actually do things see now, now the more i can bring in the easier it will be for me to do more of this kind of stuff and dare we dream that dare we dream that one day this could be the thing we do well, I would dare to dream it. Yeah, absolutely. Why not? <laughs> I do. For those of you who don't know what Patreon is, it's a site that allows people to make micropayments to content creators uh, that they enjoy the work of. You can do things like set up a $1.50p uh, monthly revenue, help with things like hosting fees, allow new projects like a good live stream and extra shows and things like that uh, to be done. You can think of it as a tip jar. I think it's a more prevalent in the American mentality than ours. Uh, but yeah, go to spannersready.com and click on the supporters tab. Be very grateful for anyone who's interested in doing that. On to upgrades. Where do you want to start on the upgrade path, Matthew? What's interesting you about Barcelona upgrades? Uh, well, for starters, my keyboard, keyboard is probably going to explode because I'm going to have so much to write about. Um, <laughs> That's good though, but, isn't it? Don't you get paid by the word? Oh, I wish I did. Um, I'd be a millionaire after this weekend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the big one that's uh, poking out for me, though, is Ferrari promising much from a new engine. Uh, yeah, but they had the, la the engine um, at the last race. I know, obviously, uh, Vettel um, had the, the issue. Um, so, But has and Sauber get to their hands on yeah, it this race? That, that's right, yeah. They, 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 they're taking it this race as well. But we have to remember, it was only three tokens that were spent in the worst spent around the combustion element, so it can have quite a large effect. But I think that those those tokens that they spent were only really rectifying some minor issues that they might have taken into the season. Um, I'm not expecting it to be a massive performance advantage in terms of um, how much power um, that it's going to generate for the team, to be honest. It might be good for Haas and um, Sauber, especially Sauber, uh, with their lack of resources. But in terms of Ferrari, I think it's more a case of a sta of just stabilising the, the specification that they've already got. I think at this point, Salba are in danger of running off and selling theirs to cash converters for wages. <laughs> but, uh, Matt, were you trying to get in there? Yeah, I had an actual question, about uh, specifically about the turbo solution, because I'd seen some different suggestions that regarded the clipping they were suffering, uh, especially at the end of the straightaways. Do you know for sure what has been changed with their turbo and how it is supposed to work and where the problem lies? Right, okay, or so are you guessing like everybody else? Uh, there's there's an element of guessing, obviously, because you you know I can only surmise from the information that I gather and the pictures that I see, um, and the, obviously the information they get from some of the engineers. Um, the thing with Ferrari <laughs> that's is, loads is, of information. Well, I suppose. Um, you can always have more, though. That's that, that's the key, isn't it? Um, the thing with Ferrari and the clipping that you're talking about, I don't think it's so much that there is an inherent problem with what Ferrari have got in terms of the way that they use their power unit. I think it's more of a way of that the, they set their car up. Um, the clipping that's been talked about is the way in which um, they reduce their overall speed on the straights. Now, that can be down to... Um, lots of different scenarios in terms of 
obviously fuel level, um, where they are in the race, what tyres they're using, um, whether they're using DRS or not. And the teams will set to sort of achieve their um, a maximum, but they'll always come a little bit below that because at the end of the day, they, they don't want the drivers using the maximum capability of the car because they want to get to the next race without using up more components. Okay. Uh, we've just got a comment. Um, someone's not even bothered to go into the chat room, but Fortis has just sent me a private message saying, uh, Kvyat beat Ricardo last year in the standings. So why are people saying that Kvyat doesn't have the same potential? Anyone want to answer that quickly before we go back to upgrades? Because Kvyat ran into Vettel, who won four championships with him. <laughs> and, now uh, that's probably about it. And now and, uh, he, the way I the, more recent one. the way I saw it last season was Red Bull was basically more competitive, whilst Ricardo was having all his problems. So he had reliability problems on the races where Kvyat scored most of his points. So I was looking at a points comparison or a head-to-head comparison. And there was actually very few races they both managed to get a decent qualifying out where you could actually get a head-to-head comparison. So that would be my answer to that. I think Kvyat may have been flattered by the manner of which, um, uh, well, the order of which the faults came. Uh, where do you want to go next with upgrades, uh, Summers? Let's go to you. You seem to know a thing or two about these. Uh, well, just quickly going back to the the, t- the topic that Matt brought. Yeah, that's fine. Thing. I'm just thinking backwards. Um, are we are we talking about the ERS recovery, um, Matt? Yeah, I know. There's I've seen people speculating whether it was the ERS and the turbo size, or whether it was. Uh... Well, I can't even remember now what the what the other thing was, but yeah, there seem to be sort of two competing theories about what what size the turbo is and how it's being used in light of the overall package. Okay, well, firstly, Ferrari changed the size of the turbo this year because they were having that problem last year, so I can't see them making a similar error this year. Um, the problem may be that they can't um, spin the MGUH enough to right. obviously compensate for the, the speed that the turbo is running at, um, which is more of a problem at top speed, obviously. But it's all to do with energy recovery as well. So obviously you're always wanting to take energy back via the MGUH. So the clipping is more or less them taking energy back. I think it's more of a product of them actually doing it for setup reasons rather than them actually running out of power or energy. Because okay. at the end of the day, it's all about how you and how you use that energy around the lap. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks. Yeah, that was that was something that I was really curious about. So I appreciate you taking the time to answer it. I understood all of that. How about you, Tony? Hundred percent. Absolutely. The chat room understand it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm I'm guessing so because what I like to think of is silence means understanding because nobody's jumped in at the moment. Good. What upgrades are interesting you as well, Summers? Uh, I could go through my list, or I could go through. I reckon your list will be better. Well, the, my my list is, is is quite big because every team is going to have every team apart from Sauber is going to have upgrades for Barcelona. Well, no, hang on um, a minute. Well, let's. Well, there's an interesting one with Renault because aren't Renault saving their engine upgrades 
for the, they're sa- for the test. They're saving them for Montreal, yes. Yeah, so basically they're, they're doing they're doing some work in the Barcelona tests, mm-hmm. not doing it here, and they're not doing it in Monaco because it's not worth it because it's not a power track. Yeah. Is that right? So are we expecting a significant improvement from the Renault engine then? I, w- I would suggest so, yes. I mean, you have to remember how many tokens that Renault have got left. They only spent... Was it seven or nine? I can't quite remember off the top of my head at the start of the season. So they, they've got a huge amount of tokens left. And obviously they've been working with Ilmore and Mario Illian to, to work out the, the, the combustion problems that they come up against. Um, so two, so, two questions. Yeah. One, this is going to benefit Red Bull also. Mm-hmm. And two, how did uh, Vortex, Ken, how did he do with his explanation of how Renault were going to go forward with their uh, secret... Sparky chamber thing. <laughs> Sparky chamber thing. Uh, he did quite well, actually. Oh, there um, you go. So you can re-listen two weeks ago and see Ken's uh, breakdown of the Renault plans. Yeah. Um, it's still an area that obviously is kind of not completely covered within the media. Um, myself and Mark Hughes from Motorsport Magazine have covered it on the surface but it, there's too much detail lying below the surface to be able to be 100% accurate and obviously we've had the F1 teams work you, <laughs> you you have to kind of read between the lines occasionally as well so <laughs> they don't send you pictures and blueprints really oh, oh, that, yeah that would be good wouldn't it in other words uh, <laughs> Summers is saying you're going to have to go and read his stuff he's not giving away all the cookies at, here on air uh, who I'd else? Be here we, all day if I did. <laughs> who else are we interested in? Now, McLaren are always promising things. Uh, they reckon they've got a whole host of upgrades coming in Barcelona. Yeah, they. Um, well, they did. They did have a few upgrades uh, in Russia, actually, which is quite surprising because of the custom scenario in Russia. I was. I was quite surprised so many teams had new parts. Um, <laughs> well, if you have Bernie helping you, you're all right, aren't you? you can yeah, you can just fly it in, and he'll get it past. Uh, He'll get it past the Russian customs for you. Somehow. Uh, somehow. Somehow, yes. Uh, we should say allegedly at some point as well. I don't know how <laughs> grammatically to fit it into the thing. So uh, you expecting good things from McLaren then? Barcelona, not quite as power hungry? Yeah, I would, I would expect um, McLaren to have quite a significant step. They're talking about having a new front wing, new rear wing, uh, new floor and some other bits and pieces. They had an interim new wing for Russia. Um, they had new brake ducts, which will obviously help to manage the the heating of the front tyres, which is, again, something that people don't tend to consider too often, you know, the aerodynamic and thermal impact on the tyres. Um, but but I, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought they keep saying they've already got the best chassis anyway. <laughs> they do keep saying that, but I still think it's about the fourth or fifth best chassis. Is that what you reckon? Is that where you rank them, chassis-wise? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. good. I'm, I, red, I, 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 red Bull first. I had the feeling um, that was rubbish. Now you've come. Yeah, red, red Red Bull is still at the lead of the the chassis end, in my opinion. You know, plant plant a Mercedes in the in the Red Bull, and you might see something completely different. And obviously, that's where Red Bull have been moaning about for the last two seasons. So I want to know what Trumpets makes of uh, some of the comments that were coming out. Oh, he had his hand up anyway, but I want to get this out. Um, they were saying we're just as fast as I don't know. Was it Williams? Um, we're just as fast. It's just that our fuel saving is not as good. But when we're not fuel saving, we're just as quick. And it's like saying, yeah, I've got the same lifestyle as that doctor for two days of the month. And then I have to eat super noodles. Yeah, it's like saying I can win at cards if I can look at all your other cards while I play, but you can't see mine. It's like, great, if they don't follow the rules, then yeah, they have a really good car, but... <laughs> and, and, and it is. It, it A lot of it is, I think, just down to their ability to get the same efficiency out of the engine that the other manufacturers have achieved. Yeah, and it's primarily to do with what we've been talking about with, with the, the power units in terms of what Renault upgrade, Renault's upgrade is going to achieve and what Ferrari have done this season and Mercedes have been doing since the start of the, the regulations in as much as that they're able to run the engines extremely lean. So in that respect, you then can save fuel. And that is where Honda are, are uh, way apart from the other manufacturers um, and unfortunately are going to have to spend a significant amount of tokens to rectify it. Summers, yeah. uh, we're running short on this time on this segment, Matt. Go on. 
Well, I was just going to throw in there because I noticed it that you were talking about the front brake ducts and managing the front tire temperatures. Then I'd seen somewhere that that was also ultimately the problem that Haas had had mm-hmm. uh, in China. And to an extent, although they feel like they managed it better in Russia. And I was wondering if you had heard the same thing. Yeah, because the, the, the tire compounds, although are very similar this year and the constructions are very similar, we have this situation where the tire the teams are having to sort of uh, marginalise the differences between the tyre compounds because of now having the three compounds rather than just two. Um, and I think that's had quite a significant impact on the way that teams set up their cars. Um, and that, in turn, has a, an effect on how they, they manage the, the, the brake temperatures and the tyre temperatures. Yeah, and I'm also interested to see them get back to Barcelona because this will be the first track that they actually have any data for whatsoever because they, they've been starting from point zero with data and tires and everything else relative to the other teams that have been running at these tracks for umpteen years. Yeah, I mean, Haas have done a fabulous job so far in terms of um, managing many situations that, are, that have cropped up. Okay, so uh, running short time on this segment, Summers, if you had to pick the, the one remaining sort of bit of upgrade news that interests you, where would you go? Uh, got to be Mercedes, really, because obviously they've already got a humongous lead over the rest <laughs> of the field, and I suspect that they're going to bring a, quite a few parts to, to Barcelona. And I think, you know, as, the, as this season goes on, we're going to see development wane because of what's coming next season with the, the 2017 car. Is that, so, is that a significant enough change that they're going to start dialing yeah. down? Yeah, it's a huge change. So they're going to start dialing down that the path that they're on now. Um, Correct. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Matt, we'll de- uh, Trumpets, we're going to have to definitely do some sort of 2017 tech show thing at some point if you're up for it. I'm totally up for that. For now, though, we are going to have to move on. Chris, are you trying to get in there, mate? No, no, just adjusting my mic. Oh, it looked like a very, very polite sort of hands up kind of scenario no no i've I've learned to get my elbows out a little bit more that i thought he was picking his nose no no i wouldn't do that on a live stream well well well, tony just misunderstood he wanted you wanted your six-year-old son to be able to listen comment oh did he did he just say oh no now he's gonna pick his nose anyway he wasn't picking his nose he was scratching it but he's still a very naughty boy If you're driving down the street in your boat and a wheel falls off, how many pancakes does it take to cover a bowling ball? It doesn't matter. Raccoons don't like bananas. All of which means it's time for listener feedback. Tony, we asked people for some iTunes reviews. And, oh, that look on your face. Have I caught you unawares? Uh, <laughs> uh, we did get some. Uh, we have managed to get uh, just about sneaked onto the front page of the sports section of the UK iTunes. But you have to... You have to just flick the scroller over one or two spots to get to us. So a couple of five-star iTunes reviews would be absolutely fantastic for us. Uh, Tony, what have we had so far? Uh, we've got seven. How many do you want me to read? Do you want to save two. some for next no, week? No, oh, yeah, two. two. All right, I'm going to go for two. Uh, I'll go for this one first. I, I'm not sure if I can read out his name with it being safe for, for work. Yeah. Uh, I'll not. I'll not do it. Okay. Uh, very, very good, casual and informative blog. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, that so, was such thanks. a nice comment. How bad could his, could his name be? Thanks, Kev. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> uh, and CKD Brisk, international, international, knowledgeable and funny. Being led to this podcast didn't matter as the dynamic between the people is clear to any listener. Good pub banter and plenty of different allegiances in brackets to Hamilton or not to Hamilton. Uh, that makes it a must listen for me. So thanks a lot, CKD Brisk. Thank you very much. It would be fantastic if we could get just a couple more to get us onto that front page. And I tell you what, I had a comment on one of the reviews uh, on my website at spannersready.com. It said, my first time listening, great podcast. I must ask, why wasn't Hamilton serious damage to his car? Uh, that's what Summers gave us a couple of weeks back. Chronicled at, insert, rival website. Uh, I first learnt of this days later on Twitter, not knowing of this podcast until today. But from here on in, I'll be listening regularly. And that's from DK Wilson. Thank you very much for that. Trumpets, do you think it's an insult when we get told it's pub banter? Or is that like like listening to familiar friends? I like to think of that as a positive thing, but that's because I like pubs. So I don't know. 
Hobbs are brilliant. Makes it relatable. <laughs> that's that's the key word, isn't it? Relatable. It's, it's relatable. Well, don't want to, don't we want to be lofty and above it all? No, no, no. Want to be... save that for the tech show. Oh yeah, good idea. Uh, you can patronise people on the tech show to make us seem lofty and above it all, uh, trumpets. Uh, and just finally, I just got an email from Cody Caret, um, who was showing me some YouTube videos of the in-car helmets in IndyCar, Matt, and basically saying that you should listen to Matt Trumpets and watch IndyCar. You should, because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on there, and it makes makes for a good touchstone for watching formula one i think and i have to say i was watching the british f3 championships on uh the itv player and there was some really good racing on there that was well worth a watch uh watching them at uh uh rockingham raceway near corby and that was a, a very good uh, weekend of racing i'm very glad i watched that but you see the action of these these people dicing around these gladiators they take their helmets off and they are literally children driving these cars you know, these are literally 13 and 14-year-olds uh, driving like gladiators. Okay, uh, Matt, can you see where I've put uh, item three, Lewis pleads with the fans? Yes, I can see that. Can you read out what he said to finally try and put a quash on the conspiracy theorists? Yeah, he wrote, I'd like to ask that you please trust in my team as I do. This is my family. These guys have been the greatest, hardest working people for me, and that is why I am now three times world champion. Please don't put any more thought into my team doing anything unjust towards me and understand that it would be in no one's best interest for that to be the case. We've had the best three years together, and whilst it's not going to plan right now, all will unfold in its own time. I trust these guys 1,000%, and my mechanics are incredible, the best in the business. I respect them, so please do the same. They are the guys that are going to make winning this championship possible. And that should put to bed all the conspiracies now, for between now and the end of the season, Chris. That's it. It's over. No one's going to say another word. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say that so quickly. <laughs> the internet is a wonderful thing, but it has a dark side. Uh, I think it's such a shame that it's had to come to this. Because... I mean, imagine, you know, working at Mercedes and having to read those sorts of comments. It's it's so horrible. But, yeah, hopefully we'll get less of that now. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's affected Mercedes so much. I'm surprised they've pandered to it so much. But I guess, you know, that's the, the interactive world they've come, you know, that we're in now, that they feel they, they've had to react to it. Um, it's a shame. Personally, I just cannot see, like he says, I cannot see all those people being in on it. And where most conspiracies fall down, come to Matt in a second, is that the amount, the web of lies you have to spin, not unraveling, is insane. The amount of people that would have to not know about this cons- conspiracy beggars uh, belief. Matt? I was going to say, Occam's razor generally being <laughs> your friend in these situations. But I think they did themselves a huge disservice. Mercedes. By not by not the their PR people, because I had no clue until well after the race is over what they did to keep Lewis from getting a grid penalty. Yeah. Uh, how words, hard in order they to worked. not break yeah. Park for May, they had to exactly replace the power unit that was in his car, the one the one that blew up. Yeah. And in order yeah. to do that, they had to fly parts in from Germany and spend all night rebuilding the engine so that it would match, according to the sporting regulations, the part that was being replaced. Otherwise, it was a grid penalty for him for putting the old engine in. And then it would and have it, been a conspiracy. Uh, it, well, I mean, it would, have been, it would have been what it was. But if you understand, they basically, in the 12 hours before the race, rebuilt his engine with brand new parts overnight then the fact that he had like a water issue somewhere becomes a lot more understandable. Yeah, it certainly does. I've got a question for Summers, who's our tech guy, right? If they were going to have a conspiracy, if Mercedes decided they did want to hamstring Hamilton, obviously they wouldn't do it with something as obvious as having his engine fail during qualifying. How would how would you do it? Turn the engine down. It, you know, that's, that was my suggestion last week. Is it as simple as that? Is there like a button you can press? Well, there's not a button that they could... Well, that they could detune the engine in some respect, Jess. It would seem as if he's not getting as much power as he sh- should be getting. 
Exactly. So that, that that would be the easiest way to, to hamstring somebody. To me, it's like th- that's the biggest thing I've been saying to conspiracy theorists on the Internet, because it's worth arguing with conspiracy theorists on the Internet, saying to them, look, it's just far too obvious. Like th- th- that is not the method they would use if they were going to do it. Um, but the problem with conspiracy theorists is any evidence you provide is only deeper proof of the conspiracy and you, you really implicate yourself in the conspiracy, the, the more convincing you try to get. Uh, so, Matt, have we quickly got time for this uh, item four that I believe you've put in? Is it well, you? I actually, I had a question for Summers. Okay, let's just do that then. If I might, because we know there's two problems. It's, there's the problem he's had with the, with the energy recovery system that has reoccurred that they thought they had solved. But there's also the fact that Mercedes said that he managed to run the whole last chunk of the race with no water pressure whatsoever. And I'm just going to ask, because I've seen that come up a lot in the comments, is like there's no way a car with no water in it could actually get to the end of the race. Do you think that's really possible? Do you think that's really what happened? Or or have you heard anything yourself? Well, firstly, they didn't say that it hadn't got any water in it. They said it hadn't got any pressure in it. That's what I thought. Secondly, we're not talking about water in reality because, you know, it's not really water. Um, but that's another topic for another day. What is um, it, Summers? Tell us. <laughs> well, it, it, it's not water at the end of the day. So, you know, they're, they're running on other fluids. Oh, right. I see. Um, yeah. So, you know, so it might be like a glycol mix or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, something yeah. similar. Yeah. I know um, stuff. Going back to the first problem that has reoccurred, which is the MGUH problem, they assessed it at the original at the source of the original problem and believed that there was an insulation problem. Um, read, remed, remedied the problem with the secondary part, and then obviously it's reoccurred again. What I do find interesting about the MGUH problem is that they run eight different engines in eight different cars, yet Hamilton's the only one getting the problem. So to me, that means that Hamilton does something very different to the other other drivers, and it may be a problem that's being caused by his own driving style. Um, oh great! Oh great! <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Do you think that's something to do with the with the brakes? Because he, we know how much he he's very heavy on his left foot. Um. It's a plausibility, but we're talking about the MGUH and not the MGUK. So the K is the oh, okay. responsible for the braking effort, whereas yeah. the H is connected to the turbo. So to me, it might be something in terms of engine settings that Hamilton prefers. Um, it could be inherently connected to the MGUK in the way that you recover energy under braking and that they pass energy to one another. Um, so, you know, there's lots going on behind the scenes and these power units are pretty much misunderstood, um, in the general scheme of things. They are hugely complex pieces of kit. Um, and there's huge, huge amounts of advantages that can be taken by the works teams over the non-works teams, let's say. But for me, for Hamilton to be isolated, to have that problem, there must be something that is specific to Hamilton's setup or driving style or, you know, and or. No, to... don't say it's Hamilton's <laughs> fault. No. no. No, not style, as in the way that he, he, he sets his car, you know, the, the energy recovery we'll, side we'll, of things. We'll, we'll, let you, we'll let you off the, the trees in charge on this occasion. <laughs> Sounds... Shall I get the noose now? Uh, I'll tell you who else is a complicated piece of kit. Thunder Beast, what's happening? All right, yeah, talking about... <laughs> What could be done to hobble Hamilton? It was a bit more <laughs> subtle, like uh, someone has suggested turn his engine down a bit. But senior travel in the chat room just come with the classic. Why not just put a pebble in his shoe? I think this, <laughs> I think this came up in last week's show when I listened. I messaged you, Spanners, and I said, "Well, I would have said this," and you said, "No, you can't say that. It's not safe for work." All right, okay. Well, you, it's still I not think. safe for work. <laughs> oh, <It's> God. <laughs> Sorry about that. Look, guys, interesting as this all is, we have to go to Barcelona. During race weekends, the place I like to go is the Missed Apex podcast Facebook group. There's 57 people in that group. You could be the 58th. Come and join us there. The track at Barcelona is one of my favourite, Matt, when I'm doing computer... computer 
racing game type ones. It's a flowy circuit. It's one yeah. that I enjoy. But you I can't... like Suzuka, but okay. Okay, but it's quite relevant, the Spanish one, because that's the one that's next. So I thought that's... Yeah, well, okay, fine. I haven't got this wrong. It's not Japan next week, is it? No, no, no. You were just talking about tracks you liked on computer games and so. Fair enough. Uh, tell you who doesn't like Suzuka, Kvyat. When we're talking about <laughs> the mistakes he made, that one springs to mind. I've never seen anyone crash there where he crashed after that second right-hander. He just put a wheel on the grass. That was spectacular. I enjoyed that. That was. Ooh, sorry. Now I want to talk about WEC and the spectacular Ford crash uh, coming out of Eau Rouge, but I won't. Good. Okay, so uh, the la- was it last year in Spain in turn three, what, that long turn three up the hill where Alonso had a mysteriously just turned right? He was just going up the uh, hill. and That was testing, wasn't it? Oh, was that testing? All oh, right, okay. It was testing. Right. Might have been Maldonado <laughs> last year who uh, who did it. But it's a hard track to overtake on. Uh, Summers, do you reckon there's going to be problems for any of the Mercedes that get caught out of position? No. Um, I think the... Phew. <laughs> I, I, I think Mercedes have have more than enough pace in the bag aside from a couple of cars uh, at Barcelona. You know, if they got caught behind a Ferrari, for argument's sake, then they might be in a bit of trouble. But aside from, you know, the, the top branches, I, I think that Mercedes would be able to shuffle their way back through the pack. Oh, here's a question I meant to ask you, Matt. I got confused. I thought the teams had free reign over all of the tyres, but actually Pirelli nominate the three types but they've just got free reign on how many of each one they have. Right. Pirelli still sets the safety parameters, so you can't take a specification that Pirelli hasn't approved, and they approve three specifications per track, and they give the teams a mandatory set that they have to bring to the track. They have um, the three mandatory sets, so they have uh, oh, one well, of I'm each compound uh, is mandatory, and oh, then right, the okay. other ten the teams can pick. Okay, so they definitely have to bring one. So some of the teams have got, in fact, I'm looking down and nearly half the teams have only got one set of uh, the orange hard. So, Which uh, is you... really surprising, I do, think. Do you think so? It's a, it's a tire killer, is, is Barcelona. Because um, it, it's a lot of very long, very fast corners, turn three being uh, one of them. And I would have thought that a harder tire would have been more favourable. But uh, no, it does seem like they do really like those yellow marks off tires. Matt. You know how there's like such a thing as grade creep, grading inflation? Well, you're seeing, I think, the equivalent here, you've got like compound inflation in the sense that with the addition of the ultra soft, all of the tires are headed slightly harder. And then you also have the higher pressures being run. And I think both of those things are affecting yes. what, what you would expect what you would have expected based on last year's races has probably changed somewhat. And what did you say the reason uh, for the higher pressures was? It's just safety. Oh, it? safety. Pir- Pirelli, Pirelli don't like the teams running such low tyre pressures. Um, I mean, Monza was the good example of that last year. I, I retweeted, I wish I, I could go find it. I, I retweeted a chart of the lap time differences from last year to this year, and it's pretty significant and i think what's happening is the teams are putting more energy through the tires than pirelli expected because of course they've not been able to test any current cars for quite some time they're testing cars that are two or three years old and then just basically guessing what they think the teams will be able to get out of the new specification uh, the new cars and i think that's that's really where that's coming from right summers yeah basically as well i've seen a quote from Paul Henry saying that that he that Pirelli believe that the teams have massively ramped up the amount of downforce that they, they're now using uh, um, compared to when the re- first the regulations first came in in 2014. So last year they started to really ramp up the amount of um, downforce that they could generate, uh, which was quite unexpected to Pirelli. And unfortunately, Pirelli haven't reacted this season. So their only way of reacting is to up the pressure limits, which, of course, then reduces the amount of grip that they can have in the corners. So, you know, that Pirelli are just trying to protect themselves in that respect. All right, then, uh, we're running very short on time, guys. I want to see your predictions, not necessarily the winner, but, uh, you know, how you think it's going to go. Chris, pick a horse. Uh, the prancing horse. No. For me. 
Really? You think I, a Ferrari victory I this think, week? Oh, maybe not a victory. Maybe that's a little far-fetched. But I think they'll definitely be closer uh, if they finally get a clean race in this year. And obviously, by Ferrari, you mean Sebastian Vettel. I think the Kimster is on it. Uh, uh, oh, another after, one, not another after one. After China. We've got another Nana, one. Front limited, front limited circuit. <laughs> and Kimi Raikkonen really does love the front end on uh, on that Ferrari now. We saw him running very well in China. Uh, should have been on pole, really, should Kimi. But he's he not, not made that mistake good. of the hairpin. Yeah. Except so, he's terrible. Um, yeah. I think that one's to watch. Summers, give me some, give me some magical wizardry prediction stuff. I really wish that Renault had bitten the bullet and taken their new power unit to Barcelona. And then I think we might have seen the Red Bulls up there giving it some fight. But for me, it's all about Mercedes, I'm afraid. Mercedes domination, trumpets. God, I can't say trumpets. Yeah, no, I would I would go with uh, Mercedes continuing to win everything in sight by miles. Am I just or sorry, kilometers. Didn't mean to offend your delicate continental sensibilities there. You know we're not French, don't you? You know we're... We You're practically to... in the same place. I mean, you know. Tony, Tony. I'm closer to France. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> oh, you're in the Isle of Wight, aren't you? Yes. Oh, that is... Uh, you have to drive on the different side of the road there. <laughs> I think you need a passport. Uh, Tony, say random names as, as you are wont to do. Nope, I'm changing tack this week, so I'm going to sound really clever. I think it'll be the track itself with its winning facilities around the edge of the track. There are more than 80 points where food and drink are available. Thank you, Google. Good night. I love you just a little bit. Okay. Thanks later. I'm predicting, um, I'm predicting, I'm still going to predict, Summers, despite what you said, a good, a good weekend for Red Bull Racing, uh, but a good weekend for Ricardo, not for young Max. That's uh, my prediction. Uh, oh, what we got time for now? Let's see if we can catch Tony unawares and ask, what is the comment of the week? Comment of the week. I'm going to present you with a choice. We've got two comments of the week. One this, it's your is job. where you look awesome. So I'm, I'm used to your ego here. Or there's one where I don't look awesome. Uh, oh, okay. We're going to have a... It's it got to be a tie. I equally want both those things. Go for okay. it. Okay. I'll go for me not looking awesome. So uh, a comment from AP18 earlier on. Uh, it's a pronunciation thing, and I don't think I'm going to get the name. So let's go for it. What do the panel think of Kvyat compared to Buemi? Perfect. How about that one? Perfect. That uh, good. Jim Algershwari. Completely wrong. Algershwari. Speed and the other Red Bull rejects. Oh, so where do we think that Kvyat rates among those other rejects? Yes. I think there's been better drivers rejected from Red Bull, Matt. I think uh, Jev, for a start. Jev, definitely. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for that. Comment of the week. Uh, okay, so uh, thank you very much to this week's guests, Matt Summerfield. Uh, people find you um, at www.summersf1.com. .co.uk. .co.uk. That, that is absolutely the best place on the internet to find tech information uh, about Formula One, if you don't mind me saying so. I don't mind you saying so, but I'll send you some money later. Woo-hoo. And thank you very much to the young gun, Chris Stevens of Formula Planet. No, Formula Spy. Yes. Is that where you would send people? Uh, yes, I would direct people very much into the path of Formula Spy. And myself, C. Stevens Journo. Nice. That's a creepy cl- face click. Don't do that again. <laughs> uh, collectively, you can find me, Tony Thunderby Sparnard, and Matt Trumpet on a Dad's View podcast, uh, which we are recording tomorrow night. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm excited. I know. I can't wait to talk about some dad stuff. Can't wait to vent about my wife. She's I know. She's been really annoying. My wife's so horrible and mean right now. I need this. Save, wait, save it for tomorrow. <laughs> okay, okay, tomorrow. okay, okay. Save it for tomorrow. Find Matt at MattPT55. Yes, on the Twitter. Look for me to make the occasional comment during the race and qualifying. And also look out for us on the E-Radio Show, also on Downforce Radio, where we talk about all things electric. Yeah, yeah. Be getting some good stuff going through there, like remote control cars and solar powered cars and all sorts of electric goodness. Uh, I personally would like to point you at 
uh, spannersready.com. Uh, that's a website, and you can find on there uh, lots of other podcasts, our friends' podcasts, and some blogs. Until next time, wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. See you next time on Mistake Pex. Gargling salt water didn't help, and it was just horrible. Who said it's it warm? Trumpets told me to do it. Yeah, warm salt water helps, man. It's a charm. Yeah, it was gross. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.